Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week I'm going to do a review on a couple of video games that I really, really enjoy. That being River City Girls. I have the theme song stuck in my head as I'm as I'm talking. Oh god, it's so good. Um, but River City Girls is an offshoot of Kunio-kun franchise, otherwise known as River City Ransom. Uh, it was kind of bouncing around back and forth from the um, developers Technos in the ninety, like late eighties, early nineties, and uh, Way Forward, who uh, published the Shantae games, brought it back, but they took a couple of characters and gave them the focus point and turned the game on its head. I watched footage of River City Girl Zero, um, which they kind of released midway in between Girls 1 and 2, and it was fairly self-serious. It had some moments, but it was just kind of stiff. I mean, this was the mid-90s, of course. But, you know, beat-em-ups can range from really, really good to kind of stiff on, on occasion. And this, you know, from what I was watching, it just wasn't, like, all that exciting. Um, but I figured doing the two main games makes the most sense back-to-back. -back. And what I noticed whether I was playing it or whether I was watching footage again, is there is a lot to like, and there are some things that I don't really like. But the good definitely outweighs the bad. And it's one of those, like, hidden gem franchises. And, and again, I'm mostly focusing on stuff like RPGs and visual novels. But when I knew that this was coming out and I saw footage of it, I was in, I was floored. Because what this really does is it takes, like, that anime aesthetic and really just glosses it all over a beat-em-up. You know, because I played stuff like Streets of Rage and a little bit of Golden Axe and other games like that way back. I played, like, the Spider-Man SNES games, you know. So I do have some familiarity with beat-em-ups. And what sets this one apart is just the style of it. The concepts of what the characters are doing, why they're doing what they're doing. And you add in all of the anime punch that I'm familiar with, and you've got a just lovely video game that lasts, you know, five to six to ten hours. You know, both games, you'll get like 20 hours out of it. And I'm going to talk about both of them because I want to. And whenever I get around to playing this for YouTube, trust me, I will. I want to play the I want to play River City Girls 2 on, on Twitch. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm just excited. This is like one of those franchises that's under the radar for me, but I'm excited for all the same, and I can't wait for another one if they do make one, which I'm imagining they will. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't, and good on them, um, both Shantae and River City Girls, so WayForward knows what it's doing. But anyway, as far as what River City Girls is, we have two main characters. We have Misako and Kyoko. They were, like I said, in what ended up becoming River City Zero, but it was a it was a Kunio based Kunio and Ricky based game. Those are the main characters, Kunio and Ricky. You know, kind of an offshoot, kind of a pseudo sequel to Double Dragon, but not really. Like they were their own separate franchises, but they were kind of in the same universe in a way. Um, 
But again, the continuity is all over the place, so bear that in mind. But as far as River City Girls goes, Misako and Kyoko are delinquents in River City High. One of them doesn't even go there. Kyoko goes to a different school but hangs out all the time just because. Um, but Misako is voiced by Kaylee Mills, who I didn't know at the time until I looked it up was actually Union from uh, Konosuba. It's like, you listen to what she's like as Misako and it's like, it doesn't add up at all. Um, speaking of stuff I'm going to review, I'm going to review the Konosuba Megamine spinoff someday. But, but yeah, so Misako is just brash, pissed off, really like determined to do stuff and will beat the shit out of people with like wrestling moves, hard edged moves, rolling punches, hit people with her heart-shaped book bag stuff like that and pick them up and just just wallop them power bomb them into the floor and whatnot so yes she can do the stone cold stunner she's awesome um she's joined by her friend kyoko voiced by kira buckland who's to be in um near and god knows how many other things loxia in east eight pretty much tons of games the the cool thing for me and again this is another like good thing for me was the casting here um the dub casting was done by christina v who helped do some of the songs in this um and some of the advertising so she was in she did some of the characters in this game she helped cast them so again anybody who's familiar with like the last five or ten years of like anime and like these types of games will fit right in you know the persona yakuza tales set of voice actors so it, it really adds to the oh hey i'm familiar with these people this is awesome you know because it's like oh this is a new franchise what do we do with it well let's just throw them in but as an added aside you don't just have the anime and video game crew you have you know uh youtubers on occasion i know i think what was his name nate wants to battle did the ending theme or helped with the ending theme uh aaron and danny from the game grumps did um Billy Lee and this is Jimmy. They they work as dojos and get you new moves, but you can totally hear like their voices because they totally sound like the game grumps do. And uh, just hearing like Aaron Hansen go, I want my brother, you know, <laughs> or, you know, because he's just erratic. And then Danny's just like, oh, hello, how are you? You know, just, oh, this is so fucking good. Uh, and then I think it was Jack Septicai does this like, just gross like louse person that lives in the garbage called godai and his whole thing is to give you requests so you just hear this like scottish or irish accent coming from this weird grumbly disgusting guy and misako and kyoko are just looking at him like what the fuck get away from me you smell you know shit like that um but the idea is that ricky and kunio who in this storyline are supposedly girl like boyfriend and girlfriend with Misako and Kyoko have been kidnapped by whom we don't know but Misako and Kyoko just break out of school because they do and <laughs> they just beat up students they beat up principals not really teachers you get a lot of people that stand around like the dot stuff around the map so while you're fighting you go into different sections the the game is separated into like 10 or 15 screens per area and you're fighting 
you know, palette swaps here and there, and you're doing beat em up stuff. You're just smacking the shit out of dudes over and over and over. Punches, kicks. Uh, Kyoko specifically can do like volleyball kind of maneuvers, like bump, set, spike, but she can also do like a fucking dab. So she freaking dabs and the enemies just fly off the screen. Um, so she's a lot more bouncy. Uh, Misako is just straightforward, just will smack the shit out of you. So it, it works both ways. Um, and I'll talk about the other characters from River City 2 when we get to that. Um, but they go around to different areas, different areas, keep fighting people. They fight bullies that are like big ass fucking hall monitors. They they fight some weird guy named Yamada who's this dark sorcerer wannabe loser punk on a roof somewhere. Um, Hibari, who's this weird fashion designer, looks like a fucking spider. A Bobo, who's a character, I think in Double Dragon, or an offshoot of that, just a big, big, bald fuck. Then they fight, I think the best boss fight, though, is Noise, this rocker, like, punk rock lady, and most of her fight actually is... If you can picture this, you're in the you're in the arena, and you're fighting her, and it's like a Guitar Hero thing, but the Guitar Hero track, you know, you've got these little spaces that you can jump to. If you hit the Guitar Hero track, you explode, and you take damage. It's as awesome as it sounds. And then when she's done with that, and you can actually hit her, she'll, like, throw her guitar like a fucking spinning axe, and her fans, like groupies, will come and try and smack you. It's, it's glorious. All while, like, noise is singing a theme, you know, which is great. Um, and then the final boss is Sabuko. And this is a neat treat for me. Uh, Sabako is this, like, crime boss lady, you know. So complete Yakuza thing. You go, like, 20 minutes through this fucking tower, and you're beating up Yakuza members, you know, beating them up with, like, yo-yos, uh, garbage bags. I love the yo-yo. It's a nice, like, thwack. Baseball bats, garbage cans, benches, you know, all sorts of fun junk. And you get through the tower, and then you fight Sabako, who's ridiculously powerful. And I found out she was voiced by Xanthi Zan Wynn, which was just just fun. Um, Haru from Persona 5. And it was just like, oh, she gets to be a Yakuza lady. Yay, she doesn't have to be the soft-spoken happy girl for her chains. It's cool. Um... So you beat Sabako, and then you realize, okay, that's one ending. But uh, there was a criticism about the ending. So they, they kick her out of the window, like you do, and they're falling. And they find Ricky and Kunio taking, like, an onsen bath or something. And in one ending, what happens is these two two girls, like Hasabe and Mami, who've been kind of pestering Misako whatever for like weeks because because every so often you'll find them out in the street and you'll talk to them and they're just like bitchy catty mean girls and they're like Rick and Cuneo is like well I wonder what Hasabe and Mommy are doing and then they they think that like Misako and Kyoko are weird stalkers <laughs> but there's a different ending you can do if you play the game again you find these statues all over town and then you collect them and you fight Hasabe and Mami as the final bosses in that ending. What ended up happening was the same ending would play and people caught on to it. So they had to patch in a different ending where 
like Ricky and Cuneo would go with Misako and Kyoko. But the 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 gag that they do is like you weren't even there. Like the idea was you were only girlfriend and whatever in one fucking game. It was like this meta humor. So he's like, you wrote it in one game. It wasn't even released outside of Japan. You fucking idiots. It's like, it's just glorious. The meta humor, the self-referential stuff is great. Cause you see all these like shopkeepers and whatever from double dragon and river city and whatever. Some characters you'd even get in river city too. Um, but alongside you know doing all of the fun junk in river city you get like accessory shops you can buy food so you can buy food and buff your stats a little bit you get these accessories that don't do a whole lot but you get these buffs to it um and you get a ton of different things you can buff your your attacks my favorite was certain weapons avoid breaking uh because weapons are have weapon dura- uh, durability in this, which makes more sense in, say, this game than it would in, like, Breath of the Wild, right? I had to throw that dig in there, because fuck you, Breath of the Wild. Anyway, but yeah, weapon durability and a beat-em-up. That's fine. But hey, I was able to... My method later in the game was I get the manual to avoid breaking weapons, and I take my yo-yo, which had some range on it, and just thwack. Just thwack dudes from a distance. Uh, other things you could do is like get a fatal attack 1% of the time, buff your HP when you kill a dude, make recruits do, you know, you can like beat up some guys and then there's like one remaining and they'll beg for their lives. If you take them out, they'll do these like weird quips like, that hurt. I'm like, oh, it's like, that was mean. It's like, no, my makeup's running, you know, shit like that. The funniest one is, do people even read these? But if you beg them off and you like hug them or whatever, they will be your recruits. And they will come in and do damage, you know, a couple of times doing different things. A couple people will kick people. Some of them will throw sand at people and blind them. You know, just different effects for different characters. So the, there's kind of a collectathon idea there. Um, one of my favorite monsters is like Terminator. Because every time you hit the Terminator dudes, they do the they do the fake the fake Arnold impression, the blow blow, you know those fucking those fucking screams. It's just hilarious, um, because nobody <laughs> the Arnold impression is great, um, but yeah. So River City Girls is just great, and then they released another one, and they added characters in it, so. Now you have Ricky and Cuneo, who, you know, you could use as uh, characters in the first game if you beat it. Uh, Ricky is more straightforward. It kind of does a lot of... I, I forget. I think Rick. It, I think Ricky's the one with the white shirt. But basically, like, white shirt guy. Um, no, no, Cuneo. Cuneo's, like, the more straightforward um happy go lucky kind of you know i will bounce around and i will have a lot of fun i'll kick people's faces in all that kind of stuff uh ricky is a lot more like i'm too cool for this school shit i'm too i'm too cool for you you know kind of vibe i think he hits people with his with his jacket like he'll like spin around and then he'll just whap people with his jacket like almost like one of those wet towel kinds of things like it does damage i don't fucking know but he does these like weird darkness attacks too which is kind of kind of unique so they they buff their skills and then they you get to actually use them in the second game 
right from the bat. So you unlock them in the first game, but they're unlocked immediately from the second. So now you have all four to use at the beginning. What happens is, like, a day. Don't ask me how. Like, a day after the thing, Sabako is waking up in the trash, and her brother, Ken, who is in the River City Zero game, Shows up and basically browbeats her saying, you got your ass handed to you by some girls. Let's talk to dad. And their dad, Sabu, just punches his way out of the jail because mob boss does that. I I don't fucking know. So nobody stops him. He just just walks out, punches dudes. So you got to do all the rigmarole again. Um, But Misako and Kyoko are basically forced out of river city they hide out for a couple months uh it was kind of funny that like kyoko's mom got sick of them sitting and lousing around on like on the couch playing video games for months and said hey could you go outside there's a new video game going out and then they have to fight all over again so that was their excuse for starting them back at level one is they just sat on their ass being couch potatoes so essentially female beavis and butthead (laughs) it's great um this time they're supposed to fight different bosses and get through ken and all that so they so they deal with finding other bosses and getting their emblems to get into sun wakai tower which they got in the first game but they have to find their way underground but the bosses this time kind of range from new bosses to people you can ally with later on in the game so the first boss is ken he has goons and he has some karate moves and shit um there is oh yeah it's provy who is one of the characters that you can unlock she's in a she's in a just a race to try and find ken but Kyoko and Misako keep blowing shit up and beating up goons, so he keeps running away. So she fights them, and she's like a breakdancer slash YouTube influencer kind of person, so she does a lot of, like, twisty kicks and, you know, breakdancing moves and all kinds of wonky, fun shit. She was actually in an offshoot game called River City Underground, I believe, and they got the same voice actor to do that one. I I forget if it was voice actor, but it's the same character from that game brought back, um... So after you get done with her, you can unlock her. The The bosses here, I think, are better than in the first game because they are just unique boss fights. Um, one I remember was Suiko, who was this social media just aficionado, just those people on their phones all the time that speak that language, that know that language, that know the influencer shit in and out. Um, and like she would keep eating food she would run around the arena eating food and you know guarding against damage and you kick the shit out of her kick the shit out of her enough she'd actually transport you into her phone and try to damage you by like it's like a it's you know those like uh platformer sections where you have this wall of death that's coming after you so you don't die that was my fear you don't die from it but you'll take damage from it or you'll make the fight harder if you you have to run and scale these like old school like platforms and junk and run away and do you know just avoid basically being derezzed. <laughs> it scares the shit out of me. 
because I remember like in games like that where they just have the wall of doom and you, you know, you deal with the wall of doom and you die and it sucks, you know? Um, but Suiko is interesting. Uh, later on you recruit Marion, who is, I think the best character. Um, she was in, I think she was the damsel in distress in one of the double dragon games. And she was also a shopkeeper in the first game. And the thing to know about her is legendary abs. Because holy fuck, does she have legendary abs? So she's got like the track jacket and sports bra, long hair, like these cool knuckles, like golden knuckle things. But goddamn, those abs are great. And voiced by Erica Harlocker and from uh, Persona 5, always a good thing in my book. And yeah, you recruit her after a while and find out she was being, um, she was trying to chase another person in Ken and Sabu's gang only to get um, brainwashed. Don't ask me how. It's weird. Um, But brainwashing in a game like this, just roll with it. It's dumb. But it leads to a boss fight. You recruit her, and then she can join your party. So now you've got six people that you can choose from, and you can switch out at any time. That's one of the benefits of this. So you can work with one character, you know, Masako or Kyoko or whomever, or you can switch out and change it up if you'd like. Um... Marion says that another character has another of those emblems. You find this witch. Just go with it. This witch that's like this like macabre necromancer fortune teller brainwashy weirdo bitch named Blair. And she has her own weird ass boss fight that has stuff to do with tarot cards. Because reasons. <laughs> so you fight her, find out she was doing it for money. Fight another guy on this fucking cooking show. This guy named Primo who is lacing food with, like, brainwashing additives or some shit, so they become Yakuza soldiers, like, the teenagers become Yakuza members. Um, <laughs> the aside in this boss fight is, like, it's almost like a, a reality show where, like, when you take his health bar down, like, Masako would just stand there and, like, well, his, his, um, his recipes were really kind of cool, and I was honestly surprised that Primo would doing so. And then after a while, you get back to it. Primo would be like setting stuff on fire. He'd be jumping on this giant like applause screen in front of the crowd and just hanging from it and tossing peppers and grenades at you. It was just oh, it's so fucking good. So you fight Sabako and Ken again. They got a helicopter because of course they do. You run into Sanwakai Tower, beat up Sabu, who's honestly kind of boring as final bosses go, but, but like the ending of this game is just hilariously stupid and over the top, much like the first one. So it's just like, ah, it's so, so good. Yeah. It's, oh, it's good. Um, but yeah, you fight them. And again, every character has their own kind of different feel. Masako is just straightforward and brutal. Kyoko can do kind of nice and quick moves and screw around with things. Uh, Kunio and Ricky do their own type of maneuvers. Provi does the breakdancing stuff and Marion can do a lot of like grappling and throws and wrestling moves on her own and just beats the fucking hell out of people. Legendary acts. But but yeah, all the cool stuff of all the fighting and all the weapons and all the cool stuff, just the characters, just wandering around River City and finding characters, whether it's Godai being a creep or other characters. Sometimes you'll see cameos from the first game. Sometimes you'll meet characters that don't mean anything. Sometimes like one of the, one of the coolest things was um, 
was a character that like friendly to them but isn't like a main character just wants to hang out and be their friend but they keep blowing her off so they're just like "Mm, but i want to hang out with you guys i'm like pick better friends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because because uh, there's also some other characters who might be like main characters eventually like this like roller skating or basketball lady um who keeps saying she's busy because she's training a bunch of idiots so you keep thinking that she's gonna join the party but she won't but it, it's fine because you get people like marion and proby so it's not really a problem but just little interactions here and there and you get to see like oh, these characters know each other and you you feel that, oh, they're students in high school and they sound stupid and they sound like idiots and they're just having fun. The bosses, you know, they all have their own mentalities too. Some are just straightforward and boring, you know. Some are just over the top and weird, you know, Hibari, for example. Bobo's just there as a thug, you know. I'm a Bobo, you know. But it's laced with this, like, just energy, and it transcends to the music. Uh, Megan McDuffie does a great job of, in both games, doing like EDM pop and synth stuff. And sometimes she'll even sing the themes herself. So, like, a good 30% of the soundtrack has her, well, I don't know, maybe not 30, but maybe 15 to 20% of it is, you know, voiced songs. Sometimes she'll do the boss themes too. Um, but it just adds a layer of okay i'm beating these people up i'm making progress i'm doing all this fun stuff and you're just driven to do it like you hear that opening theme you know from river city girls and it's just like god damn it's so good um and the second theme has christina v in it singing as well which is really neat so they do a duet which is even better um there's just so much to like the only thing i would ever say would be a problem i think would be the original ending, which they fixed. Um, some versions have had glitches. Uh, I remember watching a YouTube playthrough of the first one, and on Switch, there were constant crashes. Uh, not like every single screen, but, you know, every hour or something. It would become a thing. You just couldn't predict, so it became a problem. I don't recall that being a thing when I played it on a different platform, so they probably fixed it. Um They've also said that the Switch version was like locked in 30 FPS or something or just had a downgrade and they had to spend months trying to fix the updates in River City 2. So, again, it's not things I would notice. I probably wouldn't play the Switch version because I have the PS4 and PS5 because they're also on those platforms. But, again, it's it's not consistent. So bear that in mind. The other thing I would mention is... A lot of the interstitial stuff to get you from boss fights and going around the city and beating up random dudes is a lot of fuss work. Um, Collecting stuff, like going into a forest and collecting a pepper to destroy a wall um, of thorns. Going to a place and collecting money to bribe a dude or to find answers to, hey, what are noises something, 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 you know, three things to prove that you're a noise super fan, you know, little stupid collect-a-thon things. It forces you to kind of go around the world and check more stuff out, but it's also like busy work. It doesn't feel right in a beat-em-up game to have you 
looking for switches and finding stuff and beating dudes up. I'm more akin to just beat the shit out of dudes and keep going. But it does add a little bit extra time to it. And you do get new moves and new things you get to do, so it doesn't feel like a waste. And again, just some of the stuff you get to do in this game is just hilarious. I didn't even speak on all the weapons. I remembered a couple of weapons I didn't even remember. You get uh, in an arcade, you get to find a fake lightsaber. You hit them with a lightsaber, and they they jump up into the air. Um, you hit you can hit them with a guitar. Later on, you're in the riverfront on a riverbank, and you find the like gigantic fucking swordfish. This is this big fat fish, and you pick it up and you just whack people with the fish. You know, this game does not take itself seriously, and it's not meant to. They have hit. They have hit on these are those old school '80s and '90s beat 'em ups with a fresh coat of paint, with a fresh coat of laissez-faire dickish attitude and if you just want a good five to ten hours 10 to 20 if you do both games which i'd highly suggest of i just want to kick some people's asses i just want to unleash some frustration i want to de-stress i want to have fun the these games are fun they evoke the old school beat em up mentality that we you know did as you know kids or teenagers back in those 80s and 90s days those were kings of the arcade those beat-em-up games you know the early you know snes genesis era stuff it evokes that sort of thing and it does it with a lot of love and care but again if you're looking at it from a perspective of say hey i only play rpgs you know based on you know interest in my channel or whatever this still hits that itch because as i've said it's drenched in anime and japanese aesthetic so Unlike other games which are focusing on like medieval fantasy or urban fighting and whatever, this has a lot of color. This has a lot of love to it. This has a lot of like crazy Japanese-ness to it, but it's not so in your face either that it's annoying. It's just, hey, I want to beat up some stuff. I want to do fun stuff and I want to do it for a few hours and be done. This is a great franchise. It's very under the radar, which is a bit of a shame, but I can understand it. Way forward and say limited run games, you know, kind of prioritize the smaller scale games. But they do it with enough love that I think people who play them understand that they're good. So if you haven't checked this series out, uh, obviously, I would recommend it. I'm going to play it on YouTube someday. I'm definitely going to play it on Twitch later this year. So... I know that I'm interested in this franchise, and I want them to keep going. It's amazing, and I can't wait for more. But that'll do it for me, and let's see what we've got coming up soon as far as reviews. Next week will be Quintessential Quintuplets. Once again, I've already, I've already recorded that one, so I'm not even, not even worried about that one. I just have to do it. Um, Sega Genesis Grab Bag. I picked about 15 or 20 games that I'm familiar with from Sega Genesis or ports to the Genesis that I, you know, just talk about rapid fire. I was talking about Streets of Rage before. Stuff like Road Rash, Mutant League, Football, all that fun junk. Uh, next up after that is A Lull in the Sea. And that one really struck me. It's a very slow going romance slash kind of 
not sci-fi drama, but fantasy-ish drama. Um, it's really, really good. It came out about 10 years ago, but I only saw it recently, and I was floored. Uh, it's one of the best things I've seen recently. Um, also recorded was the Kingdom Hearts revisit with Lee Clips. We finished our playthrough of Kingdom Hearts earlier this month, and um, I'm putting that where it's going to be in October. Uh, mid-October is going to be Dragon Quest Eleven. I don't know if I'm going to finish the playthrough of Dragon Quest by then. Odds are I probably won't, but I'm going to try. But Dragon Quest Eleven in mid-October. The next anime after that will be Ancient Magus Bride. And speaking of good shows, the, the second season just finished a season ago, and god damn, it was so good. Um, there's so much you can do with that franchise, and they're just layering so much more stuff into that ancient Megas Bride stuff. And they've had like a, like a big season. Then they had a couple of OVAs. Then they have a new season that, you know, they've already done a few episodes into on that season. So it's just a big franchise, you know, under the radar, but mystical magic and all fun, cool stuff like fake creatures and stuff. It's really neat. So talking about that will be really nice. And after that, will be a Halloween anime. I don't know which one yet, but I have a poll up on that one. So there's five like spooky anime choices for Halloween to go into. But that'll do it for me today. And I hope you enjoyed this video and we'll check out River City Girls on your own. I'd highly recommend it. But that'll do it for me. And I'll see you next time. Citizen Strive, signing off.